Hey everybody, what's up? What's popping? Welcome to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, what is it? June 20, 2022. The last time I had an episode was probably around June 7, so been quite some time, uh, but good to be back, uh, yeah, summer is officially underway, although some of this weather can be a little bit interesting nonetheless, so uh, hope you all been doing well, keeping a little bit of a track here and there on sports, uh, obviously yeah, things have really been heating up. And we just had the conclusion with the NBA 2021-2022 season in which the Golden State Warriors have uh, defeated the Boston Celtics and are champs of this year's season. Uh, a congratulations to the Warriors and their whole team as they were the best team by far, obviously, this postseason. Um, of course, every postseason, every championship run does have a little bit of a luck to it. Um, but against Boston, they really showed a lot, being down 2-1 in the series and being able to uh, go ahead and win the championship. So I'm just going to recap finals a little bit as well as tackle the NFL a little bit, talk about that. So, the NBA Finals was, you know, you got a fresh matchup, a matchup that um, had a lot of people thinking that it was going to go the distance. And Boston, despite falling in the fashion that they fall in this series, Boston and the Celtics showed a lot this season. You know, they were a team that went from struggling to almost not making it to the playoffs to having an incredible run um, throughout the Eastern Conference, you know, sweeping the Nets who obviously weren't gelling as well, beating KD and Kyrie. Um, you know, they obviously went up against the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. That was a impressive series where they showed a lot of fight, especially in one of the key games of that series. And obviously, Chris Milton being out did change things, but the beat Giannis and the Bucks, the defending champions of last season. And then you had uh, them go up against the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat obviously were one of those teams that were the favorites for the majority of the regular season. And Boston ended up winning in Miami Game 7 to advance to the NBA Finals. So Boston had a lot of signature moments this season with Tatum and Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Uh, you know, the big three of Boston coming through some clutch moments this season. Um, and look at the NBA Finals and how things kind of transpired. You know, you had a Boston team that was just early on was shooting it well. Obviously, they had that impressive uh, run in the fourth quarter in Game One. To take that one, and then things kind of 
changed a little bit in game two with Draymond Green and the Warriors setting the tone and getting that game two victory. And then game three, Boston obviously came out and just played superb and you saw a lot of contributions, you know, Williams and Jalen Brown, smart, really providing a lot. But, you know, after that, um, it was it was hard for Boston to, you know, to maintain their consistency against the Golden State Warriors. You had Steph Curry, who, as this series went on and on, got better and better. And obviously, one of the signature games of this NBA Finals was Game 4, in my opinion. Game 4 was a game that Boston could have won. And if Boston had won Game 4, everything in this series would have been different. Steph Curry dropped a 43-point performance in Game 4 to lead the Warriors to that victory. Um, Obviously, Curry, the previous game, had gotten some kind of injury or a minor injury. But he showed incredible performance and incredible grit, I would say, in order to capture uh, that victory for the Warriors. And that was a signature moment for Steph Curry. You know, with all the accolades of being a champion um, and, uh, you know, MVP, being able to put forth that performance was was really impressive. And just going about it in a great way. You just saw this Warriors team just respond to all the challenges that they have seen in the NBA Finals previously. And it was, it was more of an experienced, you know, kind of environment for the Warriors. Obviously, they had a couple of young guys in, in Poole and Gary Payton. Um, but they, this team just gelled a lot more. And Steve Kerr did a tremendous job, obviously, of adjusting. And you saw such a great performance also from Andrew Wiggins. So let's give a shout out to Andrew Wiggins. You know, number one overall pick, you know, traded to Minnesota, you know, and finally kind of found his footing in Golden State. He was a huge one of the huge reasons why they won because he was able to stay relatively consistent. You saw the defense also of the Warriors be better than Boston at times during this series. That was the thing was that, you know, you had Boston who was one of the best defensive teams in the NBA this season. And you had the Warriors team that, you know, Clay Thompson wasn't 100%, but he still managed to put up numbers before the performance that was able to help the Warriors. And one of the most impressive things about the NBA Finals, obviously in Game 6 in Boston, was seeing that 21 to nothing run. A 21 to nothing run in which the Warriors completely took the Boston Celtics um, out of it. And then, you know, you just saw a Boston team and Jason Tatum not be able to respond to that. And that was the more surprising thing, was seeing Boston not be able to respond as well to the challenge um, in 
early on in game six. And now Celtics did make a comeback. They tried to make it close. Um, but in the end, the Warriors and Steph Curry just put it, you know, put forward their their whole kind of experience on them. You know, you saw them get buckets, defend at a high rate. And they're just great to see overall the body of work. Like, the Warriors obviously were one of those teams that, I have to admit, I didn't think they were going to be able to do it this season. If you ask me pre, pre-season, um, I didn't think the Warriors were going to do it. Obviously, I didn't rule them out that they would do it. I just felt like they were a team that, you know, if they got clicking, maybe they could do something. But, you know, they surprised, no doubt. Um, and they impressed during this NBA Finals. It's probably one of their more challenging NBA Finals they've had in some time. You know, from a team that was hit with injuries a few years ago to having the worst record almost. You know, you saw, saw them respond to that. The front office never... You know, gave up on this team. They obviously extended Curry a while back. They, you know, developed their players with some great assistants like Kenny Atkinson and I think Mike Brown, among others. So you just saw the Warriors' culture and their big three of Clay, Curry, and Draymond just really gel and gravitate this team. Obviously, having, you know, Andre Iguodala there was good you know overall you just saw this team just gel at the right time and so you know hats off to the Warriors they you know it's their fourth championship in I think eight seasons and they obviously had their I think parade today or something along those lines so you know they showed up a lot in terms of their ability to Adapt. Obviously, be some good teams along the way. You know, obviously, it wasn't as challenging. Um, probably early on. I mean, it could have been challenging, but they responded to a lot of situations. They were down probably a few games to some opponents. You know, I think, no doubt, if John Moran had been healthy, you know, that Memphis series could have been a little more longer than, than it did go. Um, but... You know, that happened. And then, obviously, the Mavericks, honestly, were never a team that I thought could beat them in the conference finals. Uh, although, it was impressive to see Dallas, you know, get there eventually. So, Golden State had a interesting road. One, there, was, there were some doubts. There were some questions about this group and could they do it together. Um, but... You know, despite all that, they they got it done, and you just gotta just look at Steph Curry. I mean, what a sensational season he had from breaking the three-point record, you know, to winning his first Finals MVP. It was a huge moment for Steph Curry, and there's no doubt that you know he's entered into that conversation of one of the best players to ever play. No doubt from where he was drafted to what he has become. You've got to give love to Curry for his game and his ability to just 
adapt, man. The, the competition is obviously, he's always brought the best in him. So, nice to see that happen for Seth Curry, especially getting his first prospect, you know, final MVP and being able to beat Boston from that home crowd. Nothing easy to do. So, impressive all around for the Golden State Warriors, and they deserve um, all the attention and the talk that they're now giving to everyone in the media, especially, you know, some of the players as well. And they have every right to do it now, so pass off to them. Now, as for the Celtics, you know, this was their first appearance in the NBA Finals and, you know, 10 plus years. And, you know, Amy Yudoka deserves a lot of credit for being able to coach this team to the NBA Finals. Yudoka did a lot in his first season as a Celtics head coach. Obviously, Brad Stevens being that front office role did make some trades and you saw those players contribute in some instances. Um, but, you know, you just look at the Celtics overall, you know, their star, the young players, Tatum, you know, Tatum definitely had an NBA Finals that he probably wished he could have done better, you know. He didn't shoot the ball that well, you know. Yeah, he didn't really get, get off to a great start shooting-wise. He has some instances where he played well, but we didn't see Jason Tatum rise to that level needed to be had in the NBA Finals. And obviously, first time there, being able to feel the moment, feel the pressure. There were a lot of things that he could have done, done better, you know. And, you know, he, despite whatever people are saying, you know, giving him a lot of heat for his performance, I mean, obviously superstars and young superstars develop through moments like this. And so I think that for Tatum and his game and his abilities, uh, maybe he needed an experience like this. Obviously, going up against the Warriors and how defensive they good they were. Tatum will definitely have a lot of things to work on. He'll probably get better and better. You know, there's no doubt that he'll get better from his performance in the finals. You know, we saw Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. When they were young, they went through that experience. And obviously, Kevin Durant's the only one out of that group, obviously, who was able to come out of that and you know, then go win the championship with the Warriors. So, uh, I think for Tatum and Boston, they're still a, a team that will be competitive. They will have a chance in the Eastern Conference with other teams. No doubt, the performance was not as good as it should have been. And I feel like they let, you know, they really let Game 5 kind of slip away, you know, after playing neck and neck with the Warriors up to that, up to that third quarter. You know, they... They were just right there, and they just could not answer the scoring run. And so Celtics could, could have easily, if they had played their best basketball, they could have been up in this series 3-1 to one or 3-2. to two. Uh, And there's always those things that happen in a game which you need like a break or two. And so I think for Boston, they just have to do a better job of getting their role players involved more. Their bench wasn't as deep as strong as the Warriors ones was. So, 
I guess time will tell what Boston does, but they definitely are in a good position to stay competitive. Um, you know, Marcus Smart obviously shows some potential more so than anything. Um, in terms of like Smart being a point, playing the point guard position, he just show a lot. And the real question is, how do they add to this team? You know, how do they make this team even more better? To be more consistent shooting-wise from their depth next season will be something to watch out for. But uh, all in all, it was a great NBA Finals. You just saw things that were really impressive. And the Warriors definitely reminded everyone in the NBA that they're still a group that could win a few more. And that's going to be interesting to watch is how these teams next season respond to the challenge. Because the Warriors are likely going to be the team favorite to repeat again or to repeat next season and so it's going to be great to watch how things do develop you know um, obviously the NBA agency period is going to be starting up soon enough and names such as Bradley Beal will be you know discussed and James Harden you know Kyrie Irving their statuses are you know a little bit unclear right now, but there may be a lot of movement in the offseason of some players ending up in some spots. You know, the Lakers obviously have a decision to make as well. Uh, the Mavericks already got to a, an early start on their free agency uh, with obviously the trade for Christian Wood, which will definitely help a lot as that was something the Dallas Mavericks do need a score in the paint, a rebounder. And I think that trade will be a will be a good one for Dallas. Although they have a lot of work to do in terms of putting a solid team around Luka Doncic. So it's going to be an interesting off season. I can't wait to see what kind of things do transpire in terms of which teams make moves, which teams are patient. Uh, but no doubt. Um, you know, some teams are obviously going to have to swing big to improve their team. Some teams are going to have to rely on the NBA draft. And so that will be the case where you have teams angling for positions and trying to, you know, move around pieces to make it work. So it should be fun to see how that, how that, how that develops into the NBA offseason and for the next NBA season. Now, I want to switch over to the NFL and just really talk about second-year quarterbacks and what their outlook might be coming into the 2022-2023 NFL season. Now, looking at last year, obviously, one quarterback had a lot more success than the other quarterback. That was Mac Jones who obviously put up numbers decent enough to get this team and the Patriots to the postseason last year. Obviously, that playoff game didn't go as well for Mac Jones. But uh, despite that, like Jones had probably the, one of the most impressive seasons in terms of just all the quarterbacks last year because he was in a system, obviously, with Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator. And Bill Belichick, obviously... And Mac Jones did 
show a lot. He was someone that I did not really focus on a whole lot last year. And so he definitely had one of those seasons where he showed some, you know, some good, good games. He had some good performances. And, you know, uh, the key is now, you know, is he going to be able to repeat that next football season? Now, most out of my quarterbacks um, had, you know, decent success. Not all of them have had success. Some of them are starting to have success in here and there some spots. You know, for Mac Jones, honestly, you look at this year and what he's going to be, you know, with obviously the addition of a Devontae Parker as well as some other pieces. I mean, Mac Jones is is in for an interesting season. I'm not going to say he's going to totally have a drop-off. I just think with him not having Josh McDaniels anymore as a coordinator, you know, there will be some struggles for him, I think. McDaniels obviously is now in Las Vegas as the Raiders' new head coach. I think Jones will just have some more... I think his numbers will remain the same. I just think that he's probably going to be more in a more position. I think he's going to have to do a lot to, to compensate, I think, for. And so, expect him to just maybe keep the Patriots competitive enough. The past and where their, obviously their system is and their structure is. Um... You know, they will be a competitive team. And so that defense, you know, is starting to lose a little bit of its luster. Although, Belichick finds a way to make that obviously work. So, I think Mac Jones will have similar numbers this season. I don't know if it will be good enough, although, uh, to get this Patriots team to the postseason. That's where I'm at with Mac Jones. I think he's a decent quarterback, definitely surprised. A lot last year. And I think this year he's going to put up probably similar numbers, although I expect a little more turnover. And I think he's going to have a m- much more tougher time of being able to deliver in some key moments. You know, he did do that this year a little bit, past year a little bit. But I think come to the second season, I expect him to have the same numbers, but any more turnovers. And I think he'll be throwing a lot more. Um, and because of that, I think the Patriots will remain somewhere in the middle of the pack. I don't think they're going to be the favorite to win the division. That's obviously Buffalo. But they're going to be somewhere along the lines of competing for that second spot in the division with Miami, with, with the Jets. You know, somewhere in there they'll be they'll be in the mix, but I don't think their I don't think their offense is that good enough to hang with the best of the rest in the AFC, especially the top teams in the division. Now, on to Justin Fields. Justin Fields um, is looking at him and how things went his first season. Obviously, it could have been better. But this Bears team is just not good enough in terms of their offensive line and their wide receivers. I just, you just look at 
Justin Fields last year. He did the best that he could over the circumstances. He did show some flashes where he played well. Now, heading into this football season, I think for Justin Fields, I think he's in for a long season. I think his numbers will be up, but I don't think the Bears will have a whole lot of success in terms of winning football games this year. You know, could they win probably between five to seven games? It's possible. But the talent and the talent around Justin Fields just isn't isn't as good as it used to be. Like, you know, you obviously had an Allen Robinson who could give you something, but that's not there. Now, maybe some of these undrafted free agent wide receivers will help Justin Fields, but I don't see him being able to have so much success with the Bears. Matt Eberflus, obviously, is a first-time head coach. Offensive coordinator is someone that is a familiar one in the Bears organization. But I don't see him having huge numbers. Will he be better than last season? Yes. I think he will see a lot more of Justin Fields and his rushing ability beyond point this season. So I expect him to be good in some instances and others I think that he's going to struggle just because of the lack of weapons and talent that's around him. I think he will have to do a lot more with his his legs and I think that you'll see the Bears be competitive enough to a point. Um, but I think for most of the games that they'll have this season, I think Justin Fields will find himself, you know, trying to come from behind to win these games. And as a result, he might have better numbers, but his performance and his overall progression, I think, will be very minimal. Um, unless something dramatically changes between, you know, the games during the season, I think he will be right in the middle of the pack. You know, I think he'll be, you definitely will see a lot more, uh, how to put it, you'll see probably a lot more of him being comfortable with doing some things that he was doing in terms of just running the football, quarterback design runs, and things like that. But I just don't think it will translate to them winning enough games to be competitive enough in the NFC North. Well, that brings me now to Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I think for Zach Wilson, the Jets, I, you know, looking at it last year, you thought that, I thought last year that they might have, have been able to win maybe a, a lot more games than they did. Obviously, injuries took a toll on that team, and uh, obviously, Robert Sala had his growing pains as the first year head coach, as well as Michael LaFleur, but Joe Douglas has done a uh, decent job of getting a lot of good talent around Zach Wilson this year. Uh, Wilson did play well toward the end of the season. You know, his numbers were a little bit, you know, kind of even. You know, you had maybe eight, nine touchdowns, 11 picks, something along those lines. So, Wilson did show some, some attributes of what made him the number two overall pick in the draft last year. Um, you look at Zach Wilson and look at the Jets and what they've done they obviously are going to have a Corey Davidson coming back right um, wasn't healthy last year after a certain point Elijah Moore is someone else who's also had a good season last year and you had Garrett Wilson to that mix along with Rissani 
Braxton Berrios. You, know, you had a couple of tight ends and CJ Uzma uh, and Tyler, I think, Conklin. Uh, I was, you know, running back Brees Hall. So there are a lot of weapons that the Jets have added to this roster for the next season, the football season. And so I feel like Zach Wilson, because of the talent around him and him being in the second year of an offense that's familiar to him, Zach Wilson should be able to put up a lot more numbers this football season. Obviously, the first half of that schedule that they have is pretty tough. Um, but you expect Zach Wilson to be a little bit more better. Um, I think he will put up more numbers this season. And... Maybe the Jets will win some more games than they won last year. They might be more competitive because of what they've added on their defense as well. Um, this comes down to, you know, how much can Wilson kind of show those attributes. You know, some of the things that he didn't do well last year. It's all about, for all these quarterbacks, it's all about can you improve upon the thing that you didn't do well last year. And so I think for Wilson, obviously, they were times when he didn't take the easy easy check downs or easy throws, he went for the big throws or the more challenging throws and obviously he made most of them he did make most of them but for, the key thing for him is just staying healthy being able to go through his reads and his progression and if he does that then he can put up big numbers you know so I think he, he will have a lot more touchdowns next next season coming up here uh, I think you'll see this offense be a lot better. And with his mobility, with his ability to adapt, I think he will put up a lot more numbers. Uh, are, are they going to be able to compete in the division? It's hard to see that right now, but they could definitely compete with the Patriots and Dolphins if they gel. It's all about the timing and chemistry. And so I think... Wilson is due for some better numbers this season. Um, the talent is there, and you know you can just find a way to kind of master that offense of Michael Floor. Then he should be able to do much better, and maybe the Jets will win a lot more games this year, or be more competitive enough with some teams. So. He should progress, I think. <laughs> I think he should because it's hard, obviously, with the New York quarterbacks and seeing a consistent level of success. But, you know, he did show a lot coming out of the draft last year. Obviously, the first year was up and down, missed a number of games with a knee injury. So he can just be healthy, take what he has, and really commit to it I think you'll see a jump and I think he'll definitely hit double figures um for the touchdowns maybe somewhere in that 14 to 16 range is possible for him if he can just find a way to make it work and that brings me now to Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence by far obviously um had one of those seasons which, you know, he wasn't able to have a whole lot of success because of just a lot of changes at various different things with coaching and with 
the offensive line not being the strength, missing traps at the end. The Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be have a bounce back year. I think he will also be having double-figure touchdowns next year. And you just look at it, one of the reasons why is because Doug Peterson is now the head coach. And Doug Peterson has had, has been known to have uh, be able to work with quarterbacks and do some great things with, you know, with obviously with Foles and Mahomes early on in his career. So Doug Peterson being there with offensive philosophy, Lawrence is going to do a lot of good things, I feel like. And you sign Christian Kirk as well as, you know, Ingram, and you have some returning pieces. The Jaguars do have a roster, an offense that could put up some numbers. And Lawrence definitely, with his size and his ability, should do a lot more this year. Obviously, he was pressing a lot last year at times to make things happen. Um, So... This year, obviously, with, with Doug Peterson, you'll see him maybe be a little more assertive, find things more simpler a little bit. And you look at the Jaguars, and you look at the division itself, they might have a shot to compete. You know, they obviously have the defense that is getting better, and pieces are there for him to make a lot of progress. And he showed a lot of Clemson, obviously, before. And so I think he should be able to do the same exact thing in terms of just being able to adapt to the overall, you know, environment. And a, a huge thing for Trevor Lawrence, although I think heading into the season, just being able to, you know, show that ability to you know, win some games in a stretch. And I think they did surprise, obviously. They did kind of mess the Colts up, Colts up last year, right down the stretch. So you just want to see Trevor Lawrence not commit too many turnovers, kind of show the form. You want to see him run maybe a little more than he did last year. And so, I mean, he is also, I think he, Zach Wilson, you know, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, I think you'll see them kind of be neck and neck with each other. I think Mac Jones, obviously, is someone, because of the team that he's on right now, will have a, more of an opportunity to com- compete for something winning-wise. But, you know, the Jets and Jaguars, the Wilson and Lawrence, they could surprise. They could surprise. And they definitely will have a lot more numbers coming up of this football season, you know, because of what the teams did spending-wise with the ability to just adapt and, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, you know, overall, it could be a better... It's an overall better product from, from the Jaguars and the Jets, you know. It is very possible. You know, but I don't think Mac Jones is going to be, you know, I don't think he'll have the same numbers he had last year. You know, something will be different because Patriots obviously haven't given a clue of what their offensive coordinator will look like this year. You know, who will be calling plays? Could it be Joe Judge? Yeah, that's very much possible too. So, because of the uncertainty with, you know, with offensive coordinator, I think 
see the Pats and Matt Jones have a whole lot of success. I mean, I I just think there's going to be a drop-off. He's not going to totally stink, you know. I think he'll be relatively good, but you won't see those same type of performances that you got from him throughout the last football season. I think you'll see a lot more of him pressing and do having to do a lot more because this offense is going to need that from him. You know, the talent is somewhat... Therefore, you know, the talent for Lawrence and Wilson is a lot more, I think. And you'll see a lot more better results from those two. And I think that you'll see a jump from some of these quarterbacks at some point next season coming up here. Um, I think Lawrence is likely to have a jump. Wilson should have a jump um, because both are going to be with offensive philosophy coaches, whereas... I think Mac Jones and Justin Field are kind of just in situations that their play will kind of show itself. Um, So that remains to be seen, but that's where I'm at with those quarterbacks in general. So a few quarterbacks that I did not mention, that would be Trey Lance. Trey Lance and... Davis Mills, I believe, for Houston. Now, Trey Lance didn't obviously play a whole lot last year, uh, so it's hard to really see what he will do. But with Debo Samuel's situation being a little bit in flux, with Jimmy Garoppolo still being there, um, the Niners with Kyle Shanahan, one of the best young play callers in the NFL. I think Trey Lance has a lot on the line. I mean, he, he probably will have his growing pains as well. In terms of what his outlook could be this season, the Niners were obviously a few plays away from being in their Super Bowl. Um, They'll be a competitive team because of their defense and because of their ability to just run the football. So I feel like Trey Lance is going to have a relatively average season. I think he will impress with some attributes early on, but I also expect him just, you know, have his downs as well. Now, I don't think that his performance will have a huge impact on Niners' success this year. I mean, it could be. Um, but for him, he's an unknown. And so that's why I really don't know what that could be. It's based on what I've seen for his one season in college. I feel like he's going to be able to put up some decent numbers. He has the arm talent, obviously, to throw. throw. He, he did play a little bit last year. He did play a little bit last year, so he's got a big arm. He can run with it. So I think you'll see him. I think you'll see him put up, you know, somewhere between like nine to eleven touchdowns. Maybe it could be somewhere along those lines. But I think he's going to be more. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of his mobility this season, and I just. I'm going to set the bar low for him because, like I said, passing the football consistently is going to be a challenge. Obviously, not having to play a whole lot of games. Uh, I don't think he'll put up big numbers, but, you know, with Niners' styles and everything, you should see him, you know, have you said he could probably put up like 11 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns passing. 
I think his rushing touchdowns might be more or about about the same. As long as he can do both things really well, I think the Niners will be in a good spot. For Davis Mills, the Houston Texans, Davis Mills was a surprise. Surprisingly, he was really good at times this year for the Texans. Although the Texans really, they just don't, don't have the firepower on offense, I think, to be that great. So Mills might be one of those quarterbacks, along with Justin Fields, where you'll see him put up numbers, but it won't be that great or that consistent because of the talent around him. But he's definitely going to give the Texans an opportunity to win and be competitive enough to some degree. But they still have a lot of holes on their roster and have to address those holes. They have to, you know, kind of wait and see on their prospects. I mean, they do have some talent at the wide receiver position, uh, but they're unknowns and, you know, Lovey Smith coaching. You know, it's going to be hard to see that offense be that great. Um, it could be, but I think Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence are in a better position that division to do well. So, there you have it. Now, look on the quarterbacks. Obviously, a lot can change between now and the football season. Um, but it's going to be fun to see how these quarterbacks progress and which teams out of this bunch do surprise. Uh, even being more competitive and so these quarterbacks are definitely going to make a, a jump or two either this season or the next one coming after that so it's going to be fun to get into all of that when it comes up this year